Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkefu of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Nkefu is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-the-preaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. We love you, dear Jesus. Thank you for the blessing to be your servant. Equip us by your spirit with your word to do now. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you, be seated. Now, um, I want to start off with something very, very important this morning. And this morning, I want to be dealing with the important subject of loyalty and disloyalty. Can I have an amen? Say loyalty and disloyalty. Amen. Now, um, how many of us are pastors? Pastors. Pastors. How many of us are church workers? Church workers. Powerful. So, I'm talking to pastors and church workers. And church workers. Hallelujah. Now, it is very important as pastors and church workers as we are engaging in God's, in building God's church, the kingdom of God, to not only build, but at all times make sure that we protect what we are building. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. So this one I'll be preaching from this powerful book, Loyalty and Disloyalty. This is Bishop Dark's best selling book. This book is known in many, many places. And Bishop Dark has been invited across the nations of the world because of the subject of loyalty and disloyalty. It's a very important uh, topic. Some people call Bishop Dark Bishop Loyalty. When you go to Nigeria, they call him Bishop Loyalty. They really love it. Now, so it is important for us not only to build the church, the ministry, but also we must make sure that we protect at all times what we are building. Now, what is the, what is the, what do you think you achieve if you want to build your house? You dig your foundation, you do your, your foundation block work. Do you understand that? 
and then you begin to lay your blocks. And today is Saturday. You brought your workers to lay 100 blocks in the morning. They started working from 6 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. They lay 100 blocks and left. Then when they left, between 5 to 7, somebody came and took 80 of the blocks. So you go the next time to your construction site and instead of seeing 100 blocks, you see 20. So it's a no problem. I'll continue. So you add on 200 more blocks, making 220. Then you go. When you leave, then somebody comes to come and take 150 of the blocks. Now, how many of you know that you can never finish your house? How many of you know that you can never finish your house? So that is what happens when we are building the church of God and we allow people to destroy the church, to break down the church, to steal our members, to take away our members. There are some people here, your church by now will have been a bigger church, but an associate that you had, your son that you brought up in ministry, took away the church, broke away the church, took half of the members. Sometimes the person takes all your important people to go and start a church nearby. Hallelujah. And then some of you yourself, you also broke somebody's church to start your church. And that is why you are reaping, you know, the results that you are reaping. So, the subject of loyalty and disloyalty is important because loyalty is the antidote to disloyalty. You can never build a successful, thriving, branching ministry if you don't have loyal people with you. Now, I want all of us to come with me to Zechariah chapter 1. We are reading from verse 16. Therefore, thus said the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, said the Lord of hosts. And a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Cry yet, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. So in this passage, God was promising that he was going to build his house again, his church. God said, I'm going to build my church again. Hallelujah. Jerusalem represents the church of God, the people of God, the place of the house of God. And so God was saying, I want to build my church one more time. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, 
God is interested in building his church. The only thing that Jesus, the only project that Jesus is undertaking right now is the building of his church. He said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. So Jesus is engaged in building his church. And so all those of us who are joining him to build his church, we are blessed. And he will bless us. When you join yourself in building the church of Jesus Christ, you have joined yourself to the best project on earth. And that is why God will bless you. You understand it? Often people get angry at pastors. Because they feel that, why is it that the pastor is blessed? Why is it that the pastor is driving a, a good car? Why is it that the pastor has a good house? And, and they cannot understand it. But one of the reasons why the pastors are blessed is because they have joined themselves to the project that Jesus is doing. And Jesus is the richest person on earth. And when you work for a rich man who is faithful, you are, like, you are likely to also become a rich man. Is that not the case? So how many of you want to be blessed? You must be serious with the kingdom business. Hallelujah. So God was saying, I am going to build my church in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. My house shall be built in it, said a lot of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. My cities, my churches, true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. So God wants to spread his churches abroad, all over. He wants to build churches all over. Hallelujah. But look at something. Look at something. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. When God wants to build his church and his churches, look at what happens. Then lifted I up my eyes and saw, and behold, four homes. Everybody say four homes. Four homes. Then lifted I up my eyes and saw, and behold, four hearts. Continue. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be this? And he answered me, These are the hearts which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So, as the Lord is building his churches, the prophet was shown four homes. Everybody say four homes. And the prophet asked, who are these people? And the angel said, ah, these are the homes which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, as you are building the church, there are some homes that have been raised to scatter and to destroy what you are building. 
in all our churches are homes that have been raised up to scatter and to destroy the church that you are building. Satan has raised up homes, human beings, evil spirits, demons, principalities, people amongst you whose aim is to destroy the church that you are giving your life to and to scatter the church. Now let me tell you something. If you allow Satan, he will scatter all your church members until you don't have even one church member. Several years ago, Bishop Doug was invited to Germany to a church. The largest church in Germany with over 1,000 people sitting down there. And he went to preach in that church a couple of times. He went there, they invited him, he went, they invited him, he went, they invited him. He went continuously like about three or four times. And the pastor of that church came to our church to come and preach on a couple of occasions. Then one time, some horns rose up in the church. And they started to manifest. And they started to talk. Until huge sections of the church started leaving the church. Until the whole church, the whole church was scattered. And the pastor himself, how to live out of sadness and sorrow and depression. Pastors, if something of the nature happens to you, you die. Your life's work can be brought to an end in one day. There are homes, there are homes that are in your church who are meant and determined to destroy what you are doing. Who are these homes? These homes are the disloyal, unfaithful, rebellious people that are in your churches. Hallelujah. They are unfaithful, disloyal assistants. Many assistant pastors are disloyal, are unfaithful, are rebellious. Yeah. Many church workers are rebellious and unfaithful. They don't believe in the man of God. They don't support the man of God. They go behind the man of God to criticize him, to murmur against him, to insult him, to say bad stories. And all that is meant to destroy the church. So that's why this morning, I want us to look at this issue of Loyalty and disloyalty. Because disloyal people are the homes who want to destroy the church. And if you don't protect yourself against them, if you don't, if you don't identify them, 
And if you don't deal with them, alright, your church will be scattered until you don't even have one member. Yeah. In Ghana, there's a man of God. There's a man of God. Um, if you take the current very renowned men of God in Ghana, several years ago, this man of God was one of them. Even Bishop Dad was not known. When this man of God, he was one of the pastors that his posters were all around the city of Accra. He had a powerful church until Holmes, disloyal people, rose up against him and scattered his church. And this is about 20 years ago. And the man has been so broken that up to today he has not been able to rise up to minister. He has not been able to rise up. It affected him so much. Can you imagine building a church, a large church, and rising up one day and you don't have any church? That is what Satan wants to do. Bishop, if you don't rise up, to identify the horse and to fight the horse and to protect them. You rise up one day and there is no battle. Or there is a battle, there is an empty battle. How many of you can understand what I'm saying? I want us to go back to the scripture. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 16. I'm laying the foundation so that you, you understand what is it that we are talking about this morning. Therefore, thus said the Lord, I am repentant to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it. God wants to build his church, his house. He wants to build his churches everywhere. Everywhere. Eh? Said a lot of hosts. And a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Christ saying, that said a lot of hosts. My cities, the cities are the churches. My cities, True prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. By the way, watch. He said, one of, he said, the way I'm going to build my cities is true prosperity. That is why the church must prosper. When the church is poor, it cannot build. Hello? When the church is poor, when the church does not have money. You understand it? So that is why we have to, we have to give offerings. And we have to do good offerings. And that's why we have to pay tithe. And tithe is... Tithe, when we say tithe, tithe is one-tenth of your income. Not 2%, not 5%, not, not an offering, not, not taking part of your salary. So if your salary is 50,000 euro, your tithe is 10% of 50,000, which is what? 5,000. Not, 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 not 1,000 or 1,500. So those of you who say you pay tight, you must really examine yourself whether you are paying tight or you have been teaching God. Hallelujah. When the church doesn't have money, it cannot build. He said, my cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. God wants to spread his churches everywhere. And the Lord shall yet comfort Zion and shall yet choose 
Jerusalem. God wants to choose better and spread better everywhere. But listen, listen, in verse 18, in verse 18, then lifted up, no, as God has made these plans, as Bishop has great plans to build more branches, eh, that Howard is traveling all over the world to train, do guidelines, policies, so that our churches abroad, everywhere, in Africa, everywhere, will be strengthened. As God has given us such good intentions, look at what is happening. Then lifted up, up my eyes and saw and behold four homes. Everybody say four homes. Four homes. What are they going to do? And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be this? And he answered me, These are the homes which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. <laughs> Hallelujah. But watch. There is good news. That is why we are speaking about loyalty and disloyalty today. There is good news because in verse 20, watch verse 20. Everybody watch verse 20. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Everybody say four carpenters. Everybody say four carpenters. Say four hosts. Four carpenters. Four hosts. Four carpenters. Say horse wants to scatter. Horse wants to destroy. Horse are the disloyal people. Horse are the rebellious people. They are scattering our churches. They are destroying our churches. They are breaking down our churches. But thank God for the carpenters. Now, who are the carpenters? He said, and the Lord showed me four carpenters. Verse 21. Then said I, what come these to do? These carpenters, what have they come to do? Why are they here? And he spake, saying, These are the homes which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But this, referring to the carpenters, but these are come to fray them, to cut out the horns of the Gentiles, which lift up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Who are the carpenters? The carpenters are the loyal people, the faithful people, the people who love the pastors, who rise up and they tell the destroyer people, you cannot stay in this church. We will prevent you, we will fight you, we will scatter you. We cannot allow you to, to scatter the church. We cannot allow you to destroy the work. This morning, God is raising up carpenters. I said, God is raising you as a carpenter in your church. Whatever branch you have come from, whatever church you have come from, God is raising up as a carpenter to pray. Everybody says to pray. Now, what does it mean to pray? Let me read it from the NIV so that you can understand well. Verse 20, NIV. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. I asked, what are these coming to do? He answered, these are the horns, referring to the horns, that scattered Judah, so that no one could raise their head. But the craftsmen have come to terrify them and throw down these horns of the nations who have lifted up their horns 
against the land of Judah to scatter its people. So the carpenters have come to terrify the horse, to fight against the horse. As we are building the church, there will be disloyal people, unfaithful people, people who want to steal the church. Does it happen in Salon? Eh? Does it happen in Salon? Does it happen in Cameroon? People take over other people's churches, scatter, and come. What are you saying? Come, come, come and say so we can hear. This is our pastor from where? Cameroon. Well, what are you saying? I said over the time, many of my sons uh, went from the church with many people. Many of your sons? Yes. They didn't Yeah, the people that are brought up in the church. Yeah. That now uh, scattered the church and went and started their own churches. Yeah. Scattered the church. Scattered the church. God bless you. I did a research work in 2011 in Ghana. 90% of all the charismatic churches in Ghana have suffered from disloyalty in one way or the other. 90%. This is not a story. These are facts. 90%. Hallelujah. So, disloyalty is a destroyer of churches. Let us write on. So, disloyalty it's a destroyer of churches. Say so therefore, from today, I've decided to be a carpenter to fight destroyer people in the church. Amen. Now, today, all of us here we are dividing ourselves into two people. The first group of people are homes, destroyer people, and the second group of people are carpenters who are the loyal people. We have to choose. We have to choose. But we want you to know that no matter who you are, if you choose to be a horn in the church, a destroyer person will fight you. We will fight you. I said we will fight you. He said the carpenters have come to terrify and to throw down the horse. Don't allow such people to thrive in your church. No, 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 no. When you read this book, Bishop Dad talks about the painful experience that he went through. And that might have influenced, you know, the inspiration that God used to write this book that has saved countless churches all over the world. In the research that I'm talking to you about, when I interviewed pastors who have studied the subject of loyalty and disloyalty, most of them said it has saved their ministries. It has saved their ministries. As they have taught on the subject and implemented it in their churches, it has saved their ministries. Now, when Shabdad started his church as a young medical student, he had about 30, uh, 40 people. And he had his main assistant. His main assistant. Who is your main assistant here? You have a main assistant here. Eh? Who is he? There are two of them. They are not here. Who are they? Eh? You and you. Right. So like, like like this. But he had one. He had one like this. The church was just 30, 40 people. Now, as 
the church, this was a, a, a small church, about 30, 40 people. As the church, as he was doing the church, he realized that this is senior pastor. Now, had become a receiver of the force of the people. The church members will go and gather in his house and complain to him about Bishop Dan. They used to say that he's not called. He's not called. They used to say, why is it that when he's preaching, he doesn't stand in one place, but he moves up and down. Like the way I've been moving up and down. Can you imagine that one of the things that they criticized him about was the fact that when he was preaching, he drank water. Do you understand? How many of you have seen me drinking water as I'm preaching? Now, before you criticize me, I want you to come and stand here and preach for only 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. After that, you can criticize me for drinking water. Amen. Can you imagine the, why is it that when he's preaching, he drinks water? They said, he's so friendly. He's so friendly. They were criticizing, they were murmuring against him. And can you imagine what? His assistant. So those of you who are assistants in the church, we are looking at you carefully. Oh yeah. Every assistant, we are looking at you very, very carefully. Yeah. If you turn yourself into a horn, we'll deal with you. Yes. So this, his assistant, instead of loving Bishop Dad, instead of supporting him, rather now became a receiver of complaints. And the whole church became poisoned. He would go to church on Sunday, and when, when he was preaching, the people would look at him with angry faces. Angry faces. And he said, he dreaded Sunday mornings. He said, I dreaded Sunday mornings. He said, every Saturday, in the, every Saturday, I would develop diarrhea. Because he was afraid to go and face this too. Can you imagine a pastor is coming to church and he's afraid to look at the faces of his people? Because of the foyer people, horns, critics, memories, memories in the church. So the whole church became present. Do you understand it? So he rose up. He said, I must become a carpenter. So he called the associate. He called him aside and said, Listen, you don't believe in me. You don't. You have rather become a receiver of complaints from people. So from today, leave the church. He sat him from the church. He said, oh, let me be in the church even if you don't want me to do anything. He said, no, 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 you can't be here. And he sat his associate. And can you imagine that when he sat him, many of the people followed him and left the church. So the church which was already a small church of about 40, 30, reduced even further. Reduced even further. But brothers and sisters, that church that was purified from the Slayer people is a church that today has become a global ministry 
of 3,000 branches in more than 70 countries with over 2,500 pastors. When God says, I will spread my cities abroad, it has come to pass. But you see, that church in its infancy was about to be destroyed by disloyal people. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Now the Bible says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A man be found what? A man be found what? Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Hallelujah. Now, who is a steward? A steward is somebody to whom something has been committed. So once something has been committed to your trust, you are a steward. So pastors, we are stewards because God has committed his church to us. If you are in the church and you are a treasurer, the money of the church has been committed to you. If you are the choir leader, the music of the church has been trusted to you. So you are a steward. So all of us are stewards. How many of you agree to that? And the Bible is saying that, alright, a steward must be found faithful. A steward must be a faithful person. Let's talk right hand. Say, I'm a steward. And therefore, God wants me to be faithful. Hallelujah. A steward must be faithful. Now, the word faithful, alright, the word faithful, what does it mean? It means straight or thorough in the performance of a duty. It means true to one's word, promises, vows. It also means steady in allegiance or affection. It means reliable, trusted, believed. So the Bible says that a steward must be reliable. A steward must be steadfast. You know, the word steadfast. Steadfast. S-T-E-A-D-F-A-S-T is, is a navy word. It's a navy word. It comes from the navy. Now, how did it come about? What happened was that before all these navigational systems were developed, you know, when ships were on sea, it was very, very important for them to move from one direction and go towards the direction that they wanted to go. Because in those days, number one, the ships were very slow. And then the ships could take a certain quantity of water, a certain quantity of food, a certain quantity of meat, you know, and all that. So, when you were on the seas, it was very important for you to keep the direction that you were going. If you didn't do that and you went off, alright, it was very difficult for you to come back. And sometimes when you go off, your water is finished. Your meat is finished, your food is finished, and everybody dies. How many of you understand that? Now it cannot happen. 
because of all these GPS systems, you know, it can, it can never happen that a ship has gotten lost at sea. It, it, it's not possible. But those days, that was the case. So therefore, listen to that. It was important for a ship to stay in the direction. All right, the ability to stay on course is the word steadfast. That was steadfast to be on course without moving into excursions. So, so a steward, a steward, a pastor, an assistant pastor, the choir director, the head of the ashes, the treasurer in the church, a branch pastor that has been sent from the headquarters to go and start a church at Kenema, at Bo, at McKinney, and any other places. Alright, God expects you to be steadfast, to be loyal, to be faithful, to be trustworthy, to be constant, not to change, to be always the same. Towards God, towards the leadership, towards the people who have sent you. Can I have an amen? amen. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, the word faithful also means average. It means attached. It means behind one. It means constant. It means dependable. It means devoted. It means fast, genuine, honest, honorable, loving, obedient, resolute, staunch. It means steadfast, steady, straight, wow, sure, tried and true, trust, trusted. It also means loyal. Faithful means loyal. So when we say that you are a loyal person, it means you are a faithful person. Now, brothers and sisters, why is loyalty important in the church? Why is loyalty important? Why must we be loyal? Huh? Is there anybody who is a branch pastor of Bethel? Who is here? Stand up, please. Which town? It's Wellington, part of Freestar. Wellington. Okay. Any other person? Yes. Any other person outside Freetown? From where? From Weyama. Weyama? Yes, sir. What about you? Kono. Huh? Alam. Who is from Bo? You are from Bo. What's your name? Pastor. Yes, please come. Now, who sent you to Bo? Bishop. Bishop Laga? Yes, sir. To go and do what? To go and do ministry. What type of ministry? Um, to go and start a church. And then. Um, be- What's the name of the church? Better World of Ministries. Uh, Better Blessing Center Bo. Has he told you what you should do? Yes, sir. Has he given you directions? Yes, sir. Guidelines? Yes, sir. What you should do? Yes, sir. To be loyal means what he has asked you to do. That is what you must do. That's what it means to be loyal. How many of you understand it? When we talk about loyalty, alright, we are talking about being faithful to the vision and the visionary. Because, did you send him from Freetown? Yes, sir. 
You were in Freetown. You never thought you were going to go to go. He called you. Are you a pastor? Yes, sir. He appointed you as a pastor? Yes, sir. He licensed you? Um, this Sunday. Will be ah, you'll be licensed this Sunday. Yeah. Nobody knows you. You are just sitting in the congregation. And then Bishop Lagarde calls you and says, Brothers and sisters, from today, I've licensed this uh, Brother Augustine. Now he's called Pastor Augustine. He's going to represent us in Bo. When you go, you have to be faithful to him. In all the things that he has asked you to do, as long as his instructions are from the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ. When Jesus came to the face of the earth, what did he say? He said in John chapter 5 and verse 19, He said, The Son can of his own do nothing, except that which he said the Father do. Then answered Jesus, I said unto very, very, I said unto thee, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he said the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, this also doeth the Son likewise. Jesus also said, I did not come to do my own will, but I came to do the will of him that sent me. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, how many of you are here? Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. I must work the works of him that sent me. I don't know if it's John 9, 9, 4. Alright? Check John 9, 4. I must work the works. I must work the works of him that sent me. Watch. Watch. I must work. You see, because you, you say, ah, no, but me too, I'm a pastor. I mean, I've gone to go. I, I can preach my own message. I know how to do the church and all that. But once you are sent, once you are sent, God sent Jesus from heaven. And Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. How many of you understand that? So when you begin to do your own thing in God, now you have changed the name of the church. Our church is called Bethel World Outreach Ministries International. You now are calling the church Bethel Worldly Crusading Ministries International. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. You have changed the name. You have changed the vision. So now you are doing your own thing. So you are now you have now become rebellious. You are rebellious. You are rebellious. Now let me give you the 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 term that we use for a rebellious person. And I want you to practice that term in this church. It must become your term. A rebellious person is called an orangu. Say an orangu. Orangu. O-R-A-N-G-G. Write it, write it, write it on a this is how we can see it. Yeah. So when you come to light person, say this person is an orangu, it means the person is a disloyal person. Yeah. So so the horns in the Bible, they are called orangus. Thank you, brother. Come, let me pray for you. Father. May he always be loyal. Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I'm waiting for the person, Orangu. O-R-A-N-G and put an exclamation mark on it and let, and let it dance on the screen. Let it dance on the screen. An Orangu. Turn to your brother or sister and ask the person, are you an Orangu? Uh, no, ask. Demand an answer. Tell the person, look, I don't know, when I look at your eyes, I, I, you look like an Orangu, but I'm not sure, so I want to find out, I want to find out from you. Directly, whether you are. Ah, Dr. Howard, you are not asking whether you are asking whether it's an Orangu. Yeah. Orangu. Ah, Bishop, ask your wife because uh, some of the wives are Jezebels. Yeah. Some of the wives are Jezebels. Forgive. Nobody say forgive. Let, let me teach you some lighthouse uh, things. Because now you have a lighthouse and say forgive. Say mercy. mercy, mercy. You know, we normally say mercy when something bad is said and it concerns us. Oh Lord, have mercy. Oh Lord, have mercy. Mercy, forgive. So, why is loyalty important? That loyalty is important because of a couple of reasons. Number one, number one, loyalty is important because loyalty is the principal. Qualification of every minister. Loyalty is important because loyalty is the principal qualification of every minister. Amen. The principal qualification. When you say that something is principal, it means it's the most important. It is the number one. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. Watch me, everybody. Even in your own life, when you have to choose people, the first thing that you must look at is, is the person faithful. President-elect Trump is building his cabinet. And he's choosing some people, and a lot of people are crying foul. Why do you choose this person? Why do you choose this person? They are crying foul, but the man is not bothered at all. And the analysts are saying the people that he's choosing, they are people who are close to him, who are loyal to him. Who are loyal to him. You don't know it's a fool. You should go and choose people who don't believe in him. So that they will undermine him. Why do you choose someone who does not believe in you? The person will undermine you. Those of you who are doing business, if you're a businessman here, you are an employer here. Look, if you want to employ somebody, listen, I'm going to make a mistake. Don't, 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 don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. Because by the grace of God, I've been to school. So don't laugh at me. But I'm going to make a mistake. Alright? Rather, think about it. When you want to choose people to employ, choose people who are faithful over people who are educated. <laughs> they say, hey Bishop, are you sure? If the person has not gone to school before, yes, choose that person. Choose that person. After all, you can send that person to school. Yes. When I set up my my hospital, when I set up my hospital, there was a young man in my church who had finished senior high school. His grades were not very good. So he couldn't go to university. And he was a taxi driver. 
We are taxi drivers in Freetown. She was driving taxi. And I picked him to come and work with me in the hospital because she was very loyal, very faithful, very humble, hardworking. So I picked him. When I picked him, his first job was just to run around. Go and buy water, go and buy this, go and buy this. Soon we acquired an ambulance. And because he could drive, he automatically started driving the ambulance. Then as the hospital was building up, I realized that I couldn't go around to see managers solicit for contracts. You know, so I needed somebody to help. So I said, look, I have this faithful guy. So I took him. And I started training him. I taught him how to dress. Put on a tie. Put on a shirt. Put on a suit. How to speak. And all that. And I appointed him as the hospital administrator. You will not believe it. You will not believe it. But if you were ever, if you were ever told that this guy does not have much education, you won't believe it. He was, he was the person who was doing managing directors. General managers. He, I could send him to my bedroom. Go and do something like this. And I will not blink twice. Why? He was a faithful person. So faithfulness is the first requirement that when you are a senior pastor and you want to choose an assistant pastor, Choose a faithful person. Don't choose a pastor based on the fact that he can preach well. He's very anointed. If he's very anointed, if he can preach well, but he's not faithful, he will just be like Satan. Because the spirit of disloyalty is the spirit of Satan. Satan was the first person to rebel against God. So all disloyalty comes from Satan. And Satan, the Bible calls him the anointed cherub. The anointed cherub. Yeah. And he rebelled against God. So if you want to choose an assistant, and the assistant can preach, can teach, is anointed, and he's also faithful. What a blessing. But if he's not faithful, choose someone who cannot even preach. Pastor, are you here in God? Eh? Are you here in God? God is speaking to you. If you don't listen to what God is saying and you go and do the wrong thing, alright, the horns will scatter your church. Yeah. Some assistant pastors, they use the senior pastor as a springboard. Do you know a springboard? A springboard is something that you, you land on it and then it leaps you forward. So as they are with the man of God, they are planning their own ministry. They said to themselves, I'm going to be here for two years, and after two years, I'm off. Such a person is a dangerous person. He will make friends with all the important people in the church. And on the day that he's leaving, all right, he's going to move with all of them. I have an amen. So loyalty is important because it is the principal qualification of every Minister. Hallelujah. Number two. The second reason why loyalty is important is because, alright, loyalty helps us to fight the fifth column. Loyalty helps us to fight 
perfect color. Hallelujah. Who are the perfect color? Now watch this. A certain army general was going to fight against a city. And that city was fortified with long high walls. And the gates were long and closed. And nobody went in and nobody came out. So this general and his soldiers, they surrounded the city. And a friend of the general asked him, General, how are you going to take this city? Because you can see, you can see that the city is fortified. The walls are high. Everybody is inside. Nobody is coming out. The gates are big. How are you going to overcome them? Then listen, everybody listen. Listen, I'm explaining to you the fifth column. Then the general says something. And this is what happens in churches. This is what happens in churches. The general said, I have a fifth column. You see, uh, the army, when armies are going to war, especially in the olden days, they, they marched in columns. Brother, please come. Sonia, you also come. Ladies, you also come. Ladies. You understand it? So this is one column marching this way, second column marching this way, third column, fourth column. So he had four, four columns. And so the man asked him, how are you going to take this? He said, he says, he says, I'm going to overcome the city through my fifth column. Is that fifth column? I can only see one, two, three, four. Where's the fifth column? Then watch this. Never forget this, pastors and church workers. Never forget it. He said, my fifth column, he said, I have some people inside the city already. They are the, they are the people in the city who don't like the authority who criticize the authority, who are not happy, who are memories. I have a lot of them. When I give a certain signal, they are going to open the gate. And when they open the gate, we will march inside and destroy the city. Who are the fifth column in the church? The fifth column in the church are the memories that sit amongst us. Memories. When the pastor is raising up offerings to the tenants, always offering, always offering. Ah, why? Always offering, why? Always open my memories. Memories. The fifth column are the double tongue people. They say, when they see the first come over, <laughs> oh, Bishop Laga, oh, I like you. Bishop, may God bless you. When Bishop turns, I say, oh, may the Lord curse you. Curse you. No, you never prosper. Double tongue. They are the lies. They are the complainers. Listen to me, church. Satan can never destroy the church from outside. Satan always destroys the church from inside. You need a good place to clap your hands for the Lord. Some pastors, there are people in your church. How many of you have heard about this before? I don't know what it happens since I When they write a bad story about a pastor, and then they say, according to our usual reliable sources in the church. How many of you have heard something like that before? According to our usual reliable sources in the church. So there are people in the church. Those people are the fifth column. And that is why loyalty is important. Because you, the loyal members, and the loyal pastors, 
You must rise up against that person. No, we can't talk about our pastor like this. You cannot. You can't complain about the pastor. You can't. You can't criticize the pastor. When the pastor is raising up an offering and somebody is sitting by you and complaining, you look at the person and say, Brother, you can't speak like that. He's our pastor. He knows why he's raising up the offering. He's an honest man. Look at the church that he has built. We know he has bought another land. He's building a church. If he doesn't raise up offerings, how can you do it? Don't talk like this. Don't talk like that. And we, the lawyer people, we shut them down. We, the carpenters, we rise up and we terrify them and, and we bring them down. We cut them down. How many carpenters are in the church? Let me see the carpenters. How many the carpenters? Carpenters. Okay, put your hand down. How many homes do you have? Homes. If you have one, if you like, get up a home. But why are the homes? Why are they? Why are they? Why are they? Where are they? I'll give you some water. I'll point the the rangus. Yeah. Who squeeze your face when I start drinking water? Sister, why, why are you not laughing? You, you, you are not laughing. Are you laughing? Uh, you better laugh. Clap your hands for the Lord. Look. Listen. Listen. There are people. There are people who are so grace in our sweet fellowship. The church that God has given to us is better. How many of you enjoy this church? How many of you have been blessed to this church? And from whatever church, faith columns, Satan will use them to destroy this church. We must not give way to them. The loyal members and the loyal pastors, we must rise up. Church members, when you see an associate pastor, what are the two? Please stand up. Yeah. If any of these pastors come to you and begin to criticize the bishop to you, you should say, look, this was your name. Pastor Edward, say, Pastor Edward, I have a lot of respect for you. Today must be the last day you should say something like this about Bishop. Today must be the last day. I have a lot of respect for you. The other time you prayed for me, I felt that I felt the power of God. So I respect you a lot. Uh, what's your name? Pastor Kovner. Hey, David Kovner, where do you get from? Uh, you are from Ghana? Hey. Wow, but that's a blessing. The ministry is international, eh? Yeah. If Pastor Kovner calls and says, no, we don't know these days in the church we are really suffering. You know, Bishop Laga is the only one who drives a big car, you know, and all that. He said, Pastor Kovner, I beg you. Please, I have a lot of respect for you. The other time, when I sold an offering to your life, God opened a lot of doors. So I respect you a lot. But don't talk against the pastor. As for the bishop, I beg you. Yeah. Look, fifth columns, they like to scatter. The prophet was shown four horns, and he asked, who are these? He said, these are the people who have risen up to scatter Judah, scatter Jerusalem, and scatter Israel. Thank you, man of God. Can I have an amen? amen. How many of you understand the message? Number three. 
The third reason why we need loyalty is so that the love of God will fill the church. So that the love of God will fill the church. John chapter 13 and verse 35. John chapter 13 and verse 35. The ministry is supposed to operate with the power of love, unity, and teamwork. Hallelujah. The ministry is supposed to operate with the power of love. Everybody say love. Unity. Everybody say unity. And teamwork. Everybody say teamwork. Now in John chapter 13 and verse 35, Jesus said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is why loyalty is important. Because loyalty, faithfulness, creates an environment of love, of teamwork, of unity. But this loyalty creates confusion. When you enter a church where the people are disloyal, unfaithful, rebellious, eh? they don't follow the pastor, they don't obey the pastor, they challenge the pastor, they criticize the pastor, it's very soon I'm going to show you the behavior of the disloyal people. So you can identify them. Yeah. When you move into a church that by bite against each other. Hey. Look. I don't know whether it happens here, but sometimes in the groups, especially in the choir, the infighters, the infighters, That they choose always to sing. Why is that? They sing. You know what? Hey! Nya nya nya! Nya nya nya! Nya nya! Nya nya! Nya nya! Nya nya! It's too much! It's too much! It's too much! Criticizing! Criticizing each other by biting! You, you, when you enter into a church, that, do you understand by biting? By biting is come. But when I see my brother, I say, please watch your name. Jibril. Oh, brother Jibril, how are you? You. Yeah, you are really looking very nice 